Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. This man's been writing... Over the weekend in the examiner asking a question, how have we let ourselves sleepwalk into such a vulnerable position as regards COVID-19? He says we have allowed ourselves to be misled with palatable, often attractive falsehoods. And it's now time to say it like it is. Now, you've been doing that for over a year and a half, Professor Jerry Killeen, but you you did write about this as early as August and you did warn about a fourth wave back in May. I know you don't like being proved right, Jerry, but you have been again. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Very well, sir. Uh, you don't like being proved right, but you have been again. Yeah, yeah. No, I was... Um, I guess we all got our hopes up that uh, you know, we could all get back to normality and, you know... Um, you know, but but unfortunately, the kind of the basic sums proved to be correct, and and we are where we are, and um, yeah, and it's it's uh, I think it's just it's time we finally learn to just be objective about these things, and I know I'd also like to see the science journalists of Ireland finally kind of stand up and be counted. Yeah, you said in a, an examiner piece at the weekend, you said we have allowed ourselves to be misled with palatable, often attractive falsehoods. Sounds like you're saying we're the victims of populism here. Yeah, and and you know, outright fibs. So, you know, I mean, I can I can show, give anybody the links to papers in the World Specs journals going back to late 2020 showing totally unambiguously that that all educational sectors contribute substantially to transmission of COVID. So, you know, the jury was out on that scientifically. For has been out on that for over a year. So, so why is our national narrative centered around you know kind of he said she said, uh, you know around anybody, you know the opinions of anybody who called themselves a, a doctor. You know we have the internet. People can access this information. Mm. So I, I think we need to start asking ourselves questions as to why are we not up to speed on you know modern international science? Were we gaslit? about the schools? Absolutely. Mm. Like, it's rampant in them now, Jerry. and more people I talk to, just over the weekend, talking to people I know and just reaching out to people, people who'd normally be nowhere near a radio programme, just people who'd, who'd know kids in school and have kids in school. The schools are riddled with COVID-19, so how do we solve that problem? 
Well, you know, we've got to, I guess we've got to knuckle down. I think it's, um, it's a bit like, uh, you know, if you were trying to get across the Atlantic in a balloon, um, you know, and you start losing height, you don't always throw out the heaviest thing first, because that might be me, for example. You know, you throw out things in order of priority. So even things that make small contributions to transmission, but are low priority, those are the first things you, you throw out. So, um, you know, for me, the last thing on earth we would throw out would be schools being open. It would be kids having their, the, you know, something like their normal developmental um, opportunities and fun, you know. Uh, so there's lots of stuff that we can keep. I'm just thrilled to see my kids playing sports outdoors, enjoying team sports, having a bit of crack. And I, you know, I, I just think that's the last thing we should be throwing out of the balloon. And there's lots of other stuff we can throw out that is is not a human right, is not vital. And even if it makes a small difference, if it helps us, you know, reel this one back in, um, then that's what we've got to do. And unfortunately, because, you know, this one didn't just explode on us suddenly. We, we, we watched it steadily grow and grow and grow. Instead of correcting our mistakes, we just doubled down on the, our authorities doubled down on the fibs that they've sold us. And um, and so we've dug ourselves into a much deeper hole than we needed to. And unfortunately, you know, so there's going to have to be sacrifices made to get ourselves out of that position. Um, you know, we're in, we're in a pretty sorry state even with Delta. We don't know what, really know what's coming with Omicron. So, you know, for me, it's, again, it's time for action. And, and that means today. Now, on Friday, uh, the Taoiseach announced uh, changes in the nighttime economy, uh, curfew in the restaurants, nightclubs closing, etc, etc. We don't need to repeat all of that. I think, Jerry, the layman's question over the weekend, and this is very strictly a layman's question, we know now that it's rampant in the schools, and we know that the biggest cohorts are the 5 to 15 year olds in terms of daily infections. We also, another, another big cohort is their parents and families, by the way. But the layman's question is why does putting limits on the nighttime economy and possibly costing an awful lot of jobs. Why is that going to help the schools? Because if it, if it helps tip the balance to where you're, um, everything's joined up. You know, it's not that nightclubs are a separate transmission system from, from the schools or their parents. Everything joins up. Everything makes a contribution. And we have to make some choices about, you know, which which ballast we throw out of the balloon. And, um, you know, schools are a major contributor, but in terms of societal priority, you know, which is most important to us? Is it the nightclubs, the pubs, the, you know, the, the social activity for adults? All of us are fully grown and we're responsible for ourselves. Or is it our children and is it the schools? Yeah. And um, it's it's about choices. It's about priorities. And it's, you know, it's easy to blame politicians, but ultimately... They give us what we want. So this is this is about societal values and priorities. And you know, the first place if we if we want to look for it told somebody responsible, we've all got to look here and ask what can we do. I'm totally thrilled by the response of the vast majority of the Irish people. Yeah, we've made the decision. You know, even though this has been lumped back on top of us all as personal responsibility, the vast majority of people in this country have been doing the right things. And, you know, essentially a lot of these activities are shutting themselves down because they're not viable. A lot of poor folks in the entertainment industry, they're just having to cancel gigs because they're not viable anymore. So in reality, our societies have made decisions that, that are 
government declined. Mm. And, you know, that just says so much. I'm so proud of the Irish people to still be demanding testing. I mean, one of the things I've been really worried about, uh, you know, with this whole mitigation strategy and the yo-yo thing is that we'd all run out of puff. And yeah. and people are still doing their best. And that's really something I'm very proud of. Yeah. It's hard, though, and, and getting harder. And people are sick and tired of it. I, you're very critical of tracing. We're not tracing enough or not tracing deep enough and haven't been for quite some time, mainly because the system's completely overloaded. Absolutely, and you can't blame public health for that. You know, there's um, outbreak, you know, investigation, containment. It's a big, big job. Um, I was really impressed when our public health system got to the stage where they could handle hundreds of cases a day. Once we went over 600, um, the, you know, the pump room flooded um, and we've just been scraping the Titanic along the side of the iceberg since. Yeah. And to to be celebrating, you know, pseudo stability at a level of thousands of detected cases a day and thousands more missed is a very poor reflection on, you know, what we've been willing to accept as a as a as a pandemic response strategy. Mm. You know, this is and you know, it can keep or I think a key concept that people have been sold to that I really need to put a pin in that balloon is this idea that it will all come to an end sooner or later because that's not the lived reality of billions of people on this planet who do have to live with high virulence pathogens. You know, it just, so, you know, this is probably a taste of what living with the virus will look like indefinitely on at least an intermittent basis every few years yeah. if we continue to, to 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 stick with this strategy and if we don't have the courage to change our minds. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's much talk uh, of late, Jerry, about endemicity and it becoming endemic that, you know, we're just going to have to accept that this is with us for a very, very long time in whatever form it finally stops flipping mutating, if it ever does. And we just need to learn to deal with that. Yeah, well, I've kind of done that thing, uh, you know, for more than one pathogen. It's, um, that's a really highly overrated choice. Um, for, for many people around the world, endemicity means that for several months a year, hospitals are totally overwhelmed or that once every few years they get just totally flooded with an outbreak of something like dengue or cholera. You know, so those things, endemicity is not always this happy picture. Um, as you know, we, we don't have that experience uh, here in Ireland. You know, we haven't had that for a couple of generations. But for, well, for do we not the have the flu? Is the flu not endemic? These things do happen. The flu is endemic, um, but, you know, that... The flu wouldn't be up there as a high high virulence pathogen. Sure, it wouldn't be sure. up there with uh, some of the the lesser, the, the, the even less pleasant things. And um, you know, but malaria is endemic, HIV is endemic, TB is endemic, dengue, cholera, 
There's a whole bunch of things out there, and they span a whole spectrum. An endemic can mean anything. It can range from the common cold through to something like HIV, which has, you know, just a catastrophic impact on society. Indeed, indeed. And while we hear about mutations in the virus and, you know, your your area of expertise is how pathogens move around and pathogens change. So there's some talk coming out of South Africa now that Omicron, while it is moving like wildfire, it's transmitting like wildfire, it may not be as pathogenic as even Delta was, which which is a positive. Would you be encouraged by what we're hearing already? I, I wouldn't, and I would be inclined to take that bait. You know, that is possible. Uh, you know, pathogens do take on those evolutionary trajectories, and sometimes they take on lots of different ones at the same time. And then you're dealing with you're actually dealing with several different pathogens with with different strategies. So that is possible. Um, however, um, the likelihood that, that is the case is is probably small. Um, the I I would, certainly wouldn't bet my house on it. Mm. And in any case, virulence is not the, 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 the factor that worries me most. So, you know, we've got three new issues we've got to think about with, with Omicron. For me, virulence is the least worrisome about them because, uh, you know, much more virulent pathogens are, don't pose the same risk because we can contain them. So um, virulent pathogens, sometimes they're easier to contain than the than non-virulent pathogens. Uh, but what, what will actually drive, you know, the most important factor driving hospitalization is, is transmissibility. And then when we have vaccines, it's the, or, or prior immunity through exposure, it's the ability to evade, evade existing immune responses. And that latter factor seems to be the, I guess, the, the most worrisome aspect about um, Omicron. It's, mm. I, mean, it's, um, I suppose we won't know that for several weeks yet, will we? We've got a pretty good, we've got a pretty good idea, you know, where on the parameter space map this virus fits, and it may well be within the range of transmissibility, you know, intrinsic transmissibility of the existing variants, which means it is containable um, with all the stuff we 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 know and don't love so much. But where it looks to be out of the range from the existing variants is in terms of its ability to to break through immunity to um, based on prior infection. Now, what that translates to in terms of um, the the loss of efficacy we'll see in our vaccines that remains to be seen. But it's it's extremely unlikely to be zero. Right. You know, so we're going to take a hit on that. It's probable that that will put what's called a herd immunity threshold out of reach. Which means, you know, which means it'll take more than vaccines to get us out of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in terms of the airborne nature of it, initially we thought it was only coughing and droplets. Now we know it's it's airborne, which is an even harder one to deal with. It seems though that, you know, airborne the airborne nature of this, even as high up as the WHO, they don't seem to be taking it as seriously as they should, CDC again. Like, with, what's their problem with putting HEPA filters in all the classrooms? I totally agree. This is a classic case of, you know, all across the board at national and global level, policymakers making early mistakes and then, you know, spending too long trying to figure out how to 
to wiggle out of those without losing face. And um, and you know, bottom line is, you know, the Chinese started recommending masks, um, you know, within a month of the initial outbreak. It was the first thing George Gao said from the Chinese CDC. He said the biggest mistake we'll make the rest of the world is is to be slow to pick up on masks. Um, you know, I can remember still some of the really very early reports from China of the role of air conditioning in in outbreaks uh, within restaurants. Uh, so the whole airborne nature of this has been on the table right from the outset. Um, and, you know, again, I just appeal to people who have their hands on the levers that, you know, have the courage to change your mind. Uh, there's nothing wrong with an honest U-turn. Yeah. But, um, you well, know, doubling well, down on, on things that we do are wrong is not helping anybody. Well, to quote Gay Bourne, of all people, Jerry, in this context, he used to say, the man who never changed his mind never changed anything. Maybe maybe some of our leaders need to, to take that one on board. Was it just lucky that Omicron was found? Was it just some brilliant scientist happened to be lucky? Or is there an ongoing search for variants? Is it, are we good enough at that? Yeah, we've got a pretty good... Well, patchy. It's patchy around the world. Um, it's certainly... Globally, we've got some pretty good surveillance. There's obviously large gaps, and there's large gaps where it matters most. There's large gaps in in Africa. There's large gaps in some of the other low-income countries distributed around the world. But most of the time, we're picking things up. You know, um, we, it's as good as we could reasonably expect. You know, there, there's there's things that we could reasonably expect of the poor folks working away in the labs and the clinics and the swabbing sites. And then, you know, but it's not a substitute for decision making. It's not a substitute for, for foresight. And I always say that, you know, surveillance and reaction is a very poor substitute for foresight and preemptive responses. Mm. So, um, you know, we've got we've to stop relying on the safety net and start, you know, walking our way across this tightrope to the other side. Yeah. Here's a question comes in from John in Cove, Jerry, and I wanted to, to put it to you. He said, when this whole pandemic started, we were told children were safe as houses, that they didn't get sick and they didn't transmit. Now, all of a sudden, they must mask up and get vaccinated. They're brainwashing children into taking the vaccine. Why should this all be believed? Um, well, I can understand the frustration and around the world. It's not just an Irish problem. We have a problem with authorities that have been forced to flip their views. And that's very understandable with the public, you know, hear two different things totally opposite from the same person and then, you know, ask themselves, how credible is this? So the only thing I can say is to, well, if we just look at the science internationally and, you know, that's all available openly on the internet and all the big journals, um, they all the papers include uh, researching context boxes, which basically give a kind of a shorthand take-home message for the general public and for for journalists. Um, and I, I'm really disappointed how journalists have not used those 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 public communication things. And it's very clear for us that um, you know that kids are affected by COVID, and they certainly transmit it, mm-hmm. and they certainly contribute to the transmission system. Um, you know, I put out. I put out evidence summaries on this, you know, 
as early as the, you know, the start of this year. Um, it's not really open for scientific debate. And I would say, don't be distracted from all the, by all the, he said, she said, we have in a kind of a parochial way here in Ireland, international, the evidence is out there. It's very okay. clear. And if you're frustrated, I really, I'm, I'm with you. Lastly, Jerry, someone has asked me to put this question to you. Um, given that you are uh, part of the, the teaching community at UCC, how did you feel about the Christmas parties in the pubs a couple of weeks ago? Uh, I wasn't thrilled to be, <laughs> to be honest. And uh, yeah, I was far away at the time, so I didn't yeah. hear much about that. Um, I, I was doing my regular work in Tanzania, and yeah, no, and and that's one thing I find. Yeah, personally, I find enormously frustrating. Right, one thing that excites me most is the opportunity at UCC to work with young people who are keen to change the world and open to learn and in. Since I've joined UCC, I've actually, face-to-face, I've, I've met five students. And I've walked into an empty building uh, often. But on my way there, I, I walk past, or on my way home, I walk through past Washington Street and find the pubs filled. And then I realized that you know, those of us who, you know, who are trying our best to keep this thing, you know, suppressed and ideally contain it and eliminate it, then... That all gets blown by um, by by the actions of others, and and so I'm I'm just done with personal responsibility. We've either got to do everything together, or you know it's just yeah. Otherwise, all of us who are trying our best, our families are paying the price for okay. folks okay. who aren't playing ball on a societal level. Jerry, it's it's good to catch up. Courts ninety six FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.